You're listening to Run With The Bulls, a podcast discussing a unique approach to everyday finance with everyday people. Run With The Bulls is sponsored by Mentoro, a financial wellness company. Now, your hosts, author Danny Kofke and the royalty of financial wellness, Whitney Queen. Welcome to Run With The Bulls. My name is Danny Kofke and I'm a motivational mentor with Mentoro. I am joined by the president of Mentoro, Whitney Queen. Hey, Whit. Hey, Danny, and hello to everyone listening. So we have some very special guests joining us today. But before we jump in, take a guess what our topic is after listening to this. Love and marriage, love and marriage, go together like a horse and carriage. This, I tell you, brother, you can't have... First off, what other podcast plays songs by the Notorious B.I.G.? And Frank Sinatra. I certainly don't know many. While it can be difficult to discuss finances with your spouse, Danny and I will set a positive example for all of you. Today we are joined by Danny's better half, Tracy, and my other half, Justin. Hey, you two. Hey there. Hello. We are so excited to have you guys here with us today. So today's topic can be so touchy for many. In fact, according to a study consisting of more than 1,000 U.S. adults, the number one issue couples fight about is, what do you think, Whitney? Um, I'm going to go with dishes. I mean, I was thinking maybe how you load the dishwasher. I was kind of <laughs> going there. But, but no, it's not even about making the bed either and how it's properly set up. Huh, I, know, okay. I know. Go figure. It's about money. Go figure. And to make matters worse... These money fights are the second leading cause of divorce behind infidelity. Hmm. Some other results from this same study show that nearly two-thirds of all marriages start off in debt. Yikes. And then one-third of people who say they argued with their spouse about money say they hid a purchase from them because they knew their partner would not approve. Definitely never happened in the Queen household. No, no. I think I heard a story about a pressure washer once. Maybe. Ooh. Maybe no. we'll touch on that later. No comment. No comment, no comment Justin. No 94% of respondents to this same survey who say they have a great marriage discuss their money dreams with their spouse, compared to only 45% of respondents who say their marriage is okay or in crisis. Yeah, and then another like 87% of respondents who say their marriage is great also say they and their spouse work together to set long-term goals for their money. 63% of those with $50,000 or more in debt feel anxious about talking about their personal finances. Right, and we could go on and on with these statistics, and it's pretty self-evident that a lot of times money is, for many people, I think, the straw that breaks the camel's back. I'll speak for myself, but Tracy and I, we have a lot going on. We have two teenage daughters, jobs, being part of the sandwich generation. My mom lives with us. Life can be really, really crazy. And I really can't even imagine adding financial stress into that mix. Completely. Can we go back a step and can you tell me what the sandwich generation is? So sandwich generation, it's when you're taking care of both generations. My dad passed away, so my mom lives with us in the basement, has her own space. But, you know, ultimately, I'm not responsible for her in a way, but still, she kind of lives with me. But then also raising two teenage daughters as well. Mm. So it's kind of the sandwich. You're stuck in between raising the younger and, and helping out with the older. Makes total sense. I don't know that we're there quite yet, but probably very much in our futures. 
Justin even recently started a new job. And with all the work that I do with Mentoro, our lives get pretty hectic as well. So having financial stress would definitely be like adding fuel to the fire, Mm -hmm. I would say. And sometimes it does seem like the deck is stacked against us when we're managing money as a couple. Is there anything that we can do to make this easier? Coming up after the break, some financial questions you can ask your spouse to help strengthen your marriage. Welcome back to Run With The Bulls. Before the break, I mentioned there are some questions you can ask your spouse to help your marriage become more financially sound. Now in the hot seat, Whitney and Justin. So before we start, tell us a little bit about how you met and how long you two have been married. So how we met is a pretty interesting story. Justin is a little bit older and came back to our college alma mater, Alabama, for a football game, and we met. Through- I bet they won. Oh, they always win. Absolutely, they won. <laughs> of course, yeah. they always do. And yeah. so he came back for a game. We met through mutual friends. And what's pretty characteristic of Justin is uh, it was raining a lot that day, and so he wore a life jacket to well, the football game. Yeah. To be ironic, I made national television. Actually, he <laughs> did make national news. Well. For those of you who don't know me, like I'm extremely sarcastic. Um, this is kind of my MO. So, yeah, I mean, it was torrentially raining. We were playing the University of Arkansas. It was a CBS afternoon kickoff. And I thought, how funny would it be? In the back of my truck, I had some life jackets because I, I duck hunted at the time and just threw in a life jacket, wore it down to the game on top of my Alabama polo and my shorts and my loafers. And <laughs> lo and behold, uh, my dad calls me and said, do you know that you were just on national television because they just showed a brief intro to the football game? leading up to kickoff, and there you are wearing a life jacket? Like, what are you doing? I just thought it was interesting and funny and, you know, me, so I did it. Obviously, it worked extremely well for me, you know, being able to meet Well, let's not go too fast because I think that happened in, what, October? We didn't actually start dating until... It's a few months later when we became more official. (laughs) She definitely made me me work for it for sure. But uh, long story short... That was quite some time ago. Yes. We've had many, many adventures, but we have been married for almost six years. Nice, nice. So when it comes to marriage and money, many different situations exist. You guys are referred to as dinks. Who are you calling a dink, Danny? We just met, man. (laughs) (laughs) No, just kidding. While this may sound like an insult, this, uh, this acronym actually stands for Dual Income and No Kids. Yes, and I was once a dink myself, so definitely no insult there, right? So the following are some questions that couples can ask each other to help improve their communication when it comes to money. First up, Whitney, what does having money mean to you? I think that's a great question. For me, having money means having security, having enough of a safety net to give you options. There are enough ebbs and flows through life that I want to be able to have that consistency and that security in order to meet them no matter what's going to happen. So whether that's, you know, something really great in life, like buying a new house, I want to have the funds there to be able to comfortably afford it and the things to fill it. Or if that's a worst case scenario where someone loses their job, that it's not the end of the world and we have a little bit of a cushion to see us through the next. 
Yeah. How about you, Justin? What does it mean to have money? Well, I'm very much in line with Whitney that I think money creates options for you, whether it's being able to travel or put more money in savings or invest in something or do some home interior projects. We bought a fixture upper. So there's plenty of money to be invested into the home, as you might can imagine. But yeah, I think also in addition to having options, it to me means freedom. So when you have money, you have, you have the freedom and flexibility to choose what you want to do with it. Yeah, I just think it gives you options, as Whitney said, and I think it gives you kind of the freedom to choose what you want to do with it. Cool. I'm pretty much in line with you. I think we've talked about it in a previous episode. Absolutely. So next question, and we're going to start with you this time, Justin. Did your family talk about money when you were growing up? Absolutely not. Um, I definitely grew up in the house where money wasn't talked about. Love my parents to death, but no guidance, no direction, no, no, no coaching, no feedback, nothing. Literally learned about money firsthand when I was in college. I did the whole credit card on campus thing, uh-huh. you know, career fair deal, you know, you're kind of walking through the quad. Hey, you you know, you like you could use some money. You're interested. Absolutely. You know, it's a 73% interest rate. Just joking, but it's <laughs> right. really, really high. I felt sure. like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Um, let right. me go. Where do I sign? And they give you like $500. And when you pay it back, you're paying back $3,200. Yeah. You got a free t-shirt though, right? Got a free t-shirt yeah. and a yeah. koozie. And I thought this is the best thing ever because now I can buy Christmas gifts for my family. But mm-hmm. um, no, we didn't speak about money growing up. Um, my dad was very old school, didn't have an ATM card, didn't really do much with a check, but he was a cash guy. So the only thing I knew about money was literally just how much cash I had in my wallet. Uh-huh. Uh, so and he would obviously be the one giving me cash at a younger age, but definitely didn't talk about money. Yeah. How about you, Whit? Besides, I know you shared before about uh, the change in the, what was in it, the gasoline gas container? Yeah, when yeah. you got your first car. Were there any other talks about money before mm-hmm. that? So it was definitely talked about. It's not like we had family meetings or anything where we'd all huddle together and discuss our intimate financial deals. But, you know, my parents, I am really blessed that they took the time to teach me about money, what was important, how to place value in things, putting an emphasis on quality versus quantity. And so, yeah, I whether it was the gas can that I was given at 16 full of quarters, which let me tell you, that's definitely a lesson learned. Or, you know, a part of it too is just the age that I am. And when I grew up, when I was in early adolescence, that's when we had the 9-11 attacks. And then when I went off to college, that's when we had the recession. Mm -hmm. So just some natural things in Mm -hmm. life really kind of brought on those conversations, whether my parents were more prone to talk about them or not. All right, so number three, and we're going to start with you this time, Whitney. So it's a a two-part question. So if Justin spent $100 on something it didn't tell you, would you be upset? How about $1,000? First off, if Justin spent $100 on something, absolutely not. I wouldn't have a problem with that. We have worked really, really hard to get to the place where we are to have the – I guess disposable income to be able to do the things that we enjoy. So I wouldn't be upset if he spent $100 on something. And I trust his judgment on what he'd spend it on. When it comes to $1,000, I think that's a little situational. You know? So I'll give you an example. If we spent $1,000 on a very ugly, lazy boy recliner for our living room. Not, whoops. Mm, I hear a whoops. I didn't realize this was going to be in this episode. <laughs> that I'd probably have a problem with. Okay. But on the flip side of that, if we have something going wrong with the house, maybe there's an electrical issue or something like that, and $1,000 is what it costs, and he's done his due diligence finding the right 
electrician and Mm -hmm. correcting the problem, of course, I wouldn't have any problems. Yeah, I would have to agree with Whitney on the $100. We're fortunate enough to where, like, if it was a $100 purchase, I think that's okay. Thousand dollars, one hundred percent. In defense of the recliner, Whitney, <laughs> Whitney did tell me that it was okay for me to choose a recliner. Uh-huh. Uh Okay. You know, t- to have, and of course, I'm prone to lazy boy. I think the problem be- became, you know, I'm just going to go get it real quick. Okay. And just make that quick decision without getting a lot of input. Mm-hmm. Do you still have the recliner? It is no, no longer with us. Oh. It is actually with us, but it's not visible. So it's in storage. Did you have many moments of like Saturday fall watching college football oh, yeah, from it? Was it? Uh, I, mean, I would be willing to risk the University of Alabama football record on the Lazy Boy hospital bed. But. Yeah, she says it looked like a hospital bed when it was fully kind of leaned back. I, I don't know. It was it was fantastic, but it was anyway. I digress. Thousand dollars a different story. Let's let's remove the recliner from the, from the conversation. I definitely we're, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about it after as long as we've been together. We've been together almost eleven years. We kind of know each other's thresholds, and we lean on each other for common understanding as to how we feel about things and what we're. You know, I I could probably guess the top five things that he would want to spend a thousand dollars on but it's what we talk about all the time danny it's balance and moderation so if i'm spending a hundred dollars every day then yeah that hundred dollars is all of a sudden like that's gonna matter he's gonna care what i'm spending on it if it's here and there no that's not a thing same for the thousand dollars wouldn't you say i would totally agree all right so last question and we're going to start with justin so what is one money habit you admire about whitney Whitney is definitely a researcher. She puts more, and this is kind of like how we're wired, we're different, and I think it means that things balance out, as she just mentioned, with balance moderation. I've always appreciated this about her. If we're going to take a road trip, if we were going to stop, she would probably have researched where the better gas prices are along the route. What exit? Yeah, what exit? She's probably class president of her high school, wasn't she? I can confirm (laughs) that this is accurate. Probably something like that. Only the cool kids are. She's a a researcher, right? She's very analytical. She's very logical. Mm -hmm. I'm a little bit more emotional. Ooh, this looks like a nice place to stop. Ooh, this looks like it could be a good hotel room or a good good hotel to to kind of stop at. Where it's like, yeah, but do you know how much the rates are? So I think what I appreciate the most about her as it relates to finance is that she's a good steward of her money. So I know that she's not going to make any rash decisions. If if it's a big purchase, she's going to always check with me first, Mm -hmm. ask if this makes sense for our family. For her, I think it would just be her consistency, her research, her data, sure, kind of digging into the the weeds of it. Right, and that probably speaks of why she's the president of Mentoro. Yeah. I mean, that is a great quality to have, and it takes two, so it's probably good to have someone like you, more of the free spirit, because it probably helps Whitney a little bit, but you have to have the planner, too, or you're going to have broke. Yeah, it's a good balance for sure. Sure. So how about you, Whitney? What's the one thing you admire about Justin when it comes to money? I think you hit it right there. And that's that he's a good balance to me. He's a good opposite. He encourages me to come out of my shell and to live a little bit. Like, it's going to be okay mm-hmm. if you get the nicer hotel room or get that car that you've worked really hard to earn or take that vacation that you really need to take so that you step away to just enjoy life. Sure. And a lot of people talk in a relationship. You kind of usually have more of a free spirit and more of the nerd. And I know it, we're coming up next. So no, uh, I'm so eager to hear. I know. I know. Do definitely. we get the same questions? <laughs> nope. No, we don't. No. But no, it's good. I mean, I'll be completely honest here. 
there's been a time in our relationship where Justin called me a financial bully. Yeah, I don't know if we have time for it, just, but just briefly, I'll just share that. That uh, might be a whole other episode. Well, it could Maybe be. Maybe a two-hour uh, special. Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny because when we were living in Atlanta, kind of in the Midtown area, we were doing the apartment thing, and we both were in agreement that we need to buy a house. We need to go ahead and invest in our future. We had just you know, gotten a golden retriever, so we needed more space to grow into things. And we both agreed that we needed to go into a very extreme savings mode. And Whitney took it very literally, mm -hmm. uh, as you can imagine, as I just mentioned with her analytics and data and sure. research. And so she said, okay, well, I've created a, a budget for us. I've got an Excel spreadsheet here. And according to the spreadsheet, you have this month a free spending amount of $7.38. Heck yeah, super size. Number one McDonald's. Pretty much. I mean, uh, you know. <laughs> Big Macs oh, thank good. you, babe. I appreciate that. I'm looking forward <laughs> to having myself a Chick-fil-A sandwich yeah. and a pack of gum this month. Yeah. Anyway, ultimately, we got to where we wanted to be. We were able to buy the home. We had the money down required to, like, mm -hmm. you know, kind of go towards getting the payment where we needed it to be. But So what you're saying is thank you? Well, I, I will say it. thank you, and I will also <laughs> say. I, I heard that too, Tracy, yeah. <laughs> Even though Whitney and I discuss our finances, you know, frequently, it was actually pretty informative to go through this exercise. Yeah, I agree. So coming up after the break, we will turn the tables. Hmm. We can't really put a label on them because they have been most. From dual income with no kids to two kids and one income, Danny and Tracy are up next. Welcome back. So Danny and Tracy have had many labels. Let's hear about the cough keys. Well, it was kind of an interesting start. It went pretty quickly, I would say. Danny was doing his internship for teaching at my school. I was teaching first grade. And so we met in August and it was kind of a whirlwind. And by December, we were engaged. By June, we were married. And by July, we were already in another country and we were teaching. So by the time that we've known each other a year, we were on a completely different, <laughs> a completely different level, I guess you'd say. Yeah, uh, living in Poland, didn't even know the language, so I think there was something behind Tracy's uh, thinking that she tried to get me out of the country so that she could mold me. But <laughs> two years really didn't work well, so she probably should have kept me ten years over there. I, don't but know. I still don't know. It was a good start. It was. It was, start. it was. It was for us too, and I think just for our marriage, not only from a financial point of view, but just from leaning on each other. At that time, so it was before iPhones. Yes, life existed before <laughs> iPhones and, and things like that. But we couldn't translate. So we had to depend on each other. And I do remember one time we walked up to our apartment building and there was this sign in Polish. And I'm like, it could just say the Germans are coming and they're taking <laughs> over the country. We wouldn't even know. So yeah. it was really like interesting that we really had to just rely on each other. And I think that strengthened our marriage, not, you know, once again, from a financial point of view, but also just from a trust point of view as mm -hmm. well, that we really had to lean on each other. Mm -hmm for many of the decisions that we made. And hey, here we are 21 years That's later, right. still That's going right. strong. Yep. <laughs> it's been a good thing. It was a wonderful way to start our relationship, I would say, for sure. Right. And, and even, you know, at that time, we had planned on having a family. And obviously, we have a say in that somewhat. But ultimately, it's kind of up to God in a way, too, of like, hey, we, when we're going to have kids, how we're going to do that. So we were still planning at that time when we moved home, we signed a two-year contract and we budgeted from that day. So like, even though we were in Poland, we honeymooned in Venice, we, I think 11 countries we visited, Paris, Vienna. I mean, we traveled all throughout Europe, 
But even when we look back at our journal, every trip we still had a budget for because I knew we want to come home after two years with a set amount in the bank so we can start off on the right foot. So I think, you know, for us, we have budgeted basically from day, from one. day one. And I think that's a big thing. I, I think a lot of our message a lot of times with people even starting off is, you know, try and live off one salary. See if you can do it because then you always have that that other money to to be there if someone needs to quit a job or if you want to stay home. You have those options that we've talked about in the other segments. So yeah, we started that from from day one. For sure. It's really admirable and I think is the reason why you guys have such a strong foundation. So it's not just about planning for the future and thinking about, hey, we may want to have a family down the road. It's Mm -hmm. also putting yourself in those worst case scenarios before it even is the worst case, just to make sure that you can get through it. I love that so much. Clearly, you guys have had many different stages and phases. So I'm going to ask you some questions as well for our listeners. These questions can hopefully help you and your spouse too. Ladies first, Tracy, Hmm. what does it mean to be good with money? Well, I, I always think of Danny as being better with money than me because I, I had to. I had some growing and stretching to do when we we came on, but but having those options and being aware of my money to me, I feel like the biggest thing when we talk about to other couples or to just people starting out is, do you know where your money's going? Do you know what you spend your money on? So to have money means I am aware of it. I'm aware of the comings. I'm aware of the goings. Um, I have control over it, and it's not controlling me. And having that freedom and not the angst constantly. So to me, that's what that means. Absolutely. What about you, Danny? Sure. To me, being good with money is giving yourself options. And Tracy did mention she came from a different background than I did. I valued money, but I grew up in a house till I was in sixth grade that it was a two-bedroom, one-bathroom house. So my brother, my mom and dad, we shared one bathroom. So kind of weird to think about right now. Um, But we were always happy. And I look at that now going forward, and and I think when we met, it was like you don't really have to have things in a big house and fancy cars to make you happy. To me, being good with money gives you options. So when Tracy had Ava, we felt strongly about her being able to stay at home, even though I was making $40,000 a year as a first grade teacher at that time. And then we were able to do that. And then she had another kid. I mean, you know, who knew? She wanted more kids. Teachers like kids, right? (laughs) So she had Ella. Still wanted to stay home. Ended up staying home eight years on my teacher's salary. But I think, to me, being good with money gave us that option. And then fast forward. I left teaching. I got into the investment world. Didn't feel content with that job. Took a salary cut to go somewhere else. But had the ability and the options to do so. I've always viewed money as giving us options to do things that have meaning to us, not just buying things. It just fulfills our lives in different ways. Mm -hmm. Very fair. It seems collectively as a foursome, we all kind of agree that money and having money or collecting money really is more about having options, Mm -hmm. not accumulating things, but more giving ourselves the ability to have that security, freedom, knowledge, all of that to move forward. So Mm -hmm. that's great. All right. Question number two. And we'll start with you, Danny. On a scale of one to 10, how would you rate how you and Tracy spend your money? Yeah, it's a great question. And this is varied throughout our life. You know, once again, going back, date nights, you know, it was like a Subway sub and a Redbox movie because 
you know, at that time making little amount of money raising two daughters. So very tight with the budget. And now we have more income coming in. So I think throughout our lives, it's fluctuated. I would never say it's gotten below a six because we're once again, going back to even our times overseas before having kids, always aware of where our money is going. You know, I kind of feel like we're at an eight, maybe a nine, because we do have money in the bank. We're able to take advantage of opportunities that come our way. You know, it's one of those things that over the course of a lifetime, this may fluctuate a little bit and that's fine. But going back to what we just were talking about before, as long as you have the opportunity to take advantage of things that come your way, that's when I think you're good with money. There's so many people, many percentages say it's like 54%, some show 63%, depending on what stat you look at, of people that live paycheck to paycheck. That to me is scary. Like when you're tied to a job, like I can't leave this place, even though I hate Monday through Friday, nine to five, I don't care if you're making 150,000, 200, 500, whatever it may be. I don't know. I mean, that to me, that's a one on my scale because you're miserable Monday through Friday, nine to five. So to me, it's like having the ability to do what you feel that you're called to do on life and having some meaning and just able to take care of your family. So I would put us going back to a scale of one to 10. I would say we're probably like an eight right now. I would agree. I would come along the spectrum. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Okay, so this next question, it's a little scary, and it's something that we don't necessarily want to think about, especially from our end of it. But Danny, I'm going to start with you, because I know that you actually have had some experience with this. What would you do if one of you were laid off? Yeah, this is definitely in my wheelhouse. And you know, we talk about this all the time with Tracy, and it's like... I just wish you knew what was going on in my head with having two teenage daughters. And I can't, she plans life out probably like you plan life out, Whitney. I mean, it's very, you know, systematic. Perfect was uh-huh. <laughs> the word you were going for. I, yes, perfect. We'll go with what perfect. Thought, yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. Since my boss and my wife are here, definitely perfect. <laughs> so no, but it's one of those things that, you know, for me as a male, I kind of, not to be sexist, but I kind of feel like, not that it's my responsibility, but I do kind of take on that financial role. I feel like, okay, I need to provide for my family. And I was laid off. I had a job that I did and got laid off. I'm driving home. It's a 72 mile commute. I'm driving home. And the day I got laid off, I'm crying. I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? And we were fine financially, but it still was just kind of like this ego blow, like, like I'm not good enough as a male, but I knew we had money in the bank, the emergency fund. That was, that's why it's there for things like that. And actually I landed a job. It was like two days later at a school, but it was like, a 50 mile commute one way. So, you know, hundred miles back and forth and Trace is like, Danny, you don't need to take that job. We have money in the bank. Just let's find something else. So of course my wife is always right. So I listened to her and this absolutely. Is this is true. And it turned out, I mean, perfectly fine. Like it just led to certain things. And I mean, honestly, I'm sitting here right now talking to you. That was part of my journey. Actually getting laid off by that job led me to doing this dream job that I have now that I get to do that. I feel like what God put me on earth to do. So I say that because we did have that money in place though. And that's where we'll always go back to it is just having savings in place because we talk about having it for opportunities, but no one plans to get laid off, Mm -mm. right? That's not something you go into, but it happened to me. You know, it ultimately led to where I am right now. I guess to answer the question, what would we do? I think that's going back to budgeting from the day one of just having that money in place to be prepared for those tough times. Tracy, do you have anything to add to that? No, besides just thinking of our family, I've, I think about the things that we have where Danny's father got sick and we were able to, you know, it's not necessarily being laid off, but 
taking the opportunity to go ahead and take a step back and, and stay home and take care of him. And again, it's just that freedom. Like we've talked about mm-hmm. the whole the whole podcast. It's just the freedom. If you can plan right and get everything situated, then you have those options of when you need it, whether it be an emergency or you get laid off or anything else that's going to free it up to be able to do those types of things. And I know our listeners have heard the story of what Danny was able to do and spending that time with his father. And that's just something that you can't put money on. While that is priceless, like the MasterCard saying, being able to have everything lined up and have that ease comes along with it. That takes a lot of due diligence and practice. So... You guys have almost made it through. I'm going to ask you the same question that you did to us to end this. So, Tracy, what is one money habit that you admire about Danny? Oh, my goodness. I I know. There's so many. There are so many. (laughs) Well, honestly, I have to say his growth in it. You know, he was so tight and so money conscious. And I think having what happened with his dad and getting sick and and passing away has um, has brought him to a new perspective with money and he now kind of enjoys it. And we have put in a lot of time and effort into doing what we've done and saving and all of those things. And so now we're reaping those benefits. And I feel like I'm proud of him for being able to enjoy money now and not look at it as this tie down of we have to, we have to, we have to. Now it's like, we've done it. We we're still super conscious. We're still hyper aware of where it's going and what's coming in, but we're also now enjoying it. And I, I'm proud of him for that growth of where he is. What would you say about me? I'm really curious. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to hear from you, Danny. No, what I've admired the most about Tracy, she puts the emphasis on where it's important. And she just alluded to my dad and we've talked about me staying home, but Tracy did too. And we joke and I mean, my dad could not go to the bathroom by himself yes. having a stroke. I, mean, I did things we never thought yes. I would do. Like when Tracy With said I do, I could not <laughs> yes. imagine her. But like she took care, helped take care of my dad. You know, like he couldn't do anything on his own. So she was part of that caregiving team. Not It wasn't just me. It was her as well. So the thing I admire the most about her is I feel that she does with money, like she lets it turn into what's important. It's not just about stuff. And I think when we first got married, not that she was materialistic, but kind of naturally caught up in some of those things that you get caught up in. But I think over time, just realizing the importance of, you know, money, it's fun to buy stuff. And I think for us, I think it's a great balance where she just talked about me being able to get off my wallet a little bit. I have, I've loosened up a little bit. And I think for her, she's tightened up a little bit. It's a really good balance for Mm -hmm. both of us. Like a lot of people say, usually when you marry, there's like a free spirit and there's a nerd, but I think we've kind of become one. And I think we work really well together at managing our money. Agreed. Very well said. Well, you both did it, and you're both still smiling. (laughs) That's right. That's that's a good thing. (laughs) These questions can be used as a guide to help you and your partner talk about money. We know this can be a little taboo, so hopefully these can break the ice. Since Danny and I get plenty of time on the air, let's end this episode with final money thoughts from our guest. So, Justin, do you have anything to add on achieving financial success as a couple? Well, I think it's been summarized very well in this episode, which has been honestly an honor to be a part of. I think for me, again, it's just the balance and moderation. Whitney and I have this weird kind of sixth sense about when we're spending too much. We can both kind of look at each other and be like, okay, 
we need to reel it in. Reel it in. Yep. <laughs> so I think with money is like not being scared of it, but mm-hmm. appreciating what it can do for your life, mm-hmm. and also understanding that there's a time and a place to spend it, and a time and a place to reel it back, mm-hmm. and just kind of having a barometer on that. So. For me, that's just very important. That's where it's been very successful for Whitney and I, just being able to understand kind of where we're at with it and when we can like maybe press forward a little bit, when we can pull back some. Yeah. I agree. How about you, Tracy? Yeah, no, uh, agreed I, on all fronts. I think that just being aware and getting to hear somebody else that's a little bit younger and more at the beginning of it and where they are and now being at the other end, which is still weird sensation that we're at the other end of all of this. But uh, But yeah. Just keep on trucking. Be aware of your money and where it's going. I think it's going to be the best advice I can give. It's that financial education. Yep. Absolutely. That's it. Makes it so important. Yep. That's why we're here. Yep. Right? That's why Mentor is here, to give you that education. And, you know, hopefully these questions have helped you. And I think I alluded to in a, a previous episode that a lot of times we talk about very sensitive matters, but money is still one of those taboo things. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we've loosened it up for you a little bit and maybe given you some questions that you could ponder with your spouse. But um, that's a wrap. So Justin and Tracy, thank you so much for joining us today and helping us discuss this difficult subject. And thank you for listening. Catch us next time as we run with the bulls. Run with the bulls is sponsored by Mentora and hosted by Danny Kofke and Whitney Queen. Learn more by visiting mentorogroup.com.